Many thanks to the news team, Vatipan Naune in Daba at 7. And of course, the sounds of Minister Michael Mahendere taking us straight into the second hour on Capitalk 100.4 FM. And we're so excited to be getting into a very crucial discussion with the Honorable Minister of Housing and Social Amenities, uh, who is Honorable Daniel Garwe. And he is here uh, and in the studio. So we'll also be going live on Facebook in just a moment. Please do log on at Capitalk FM uh, as well as Ishmael Tagurenika and you can catch the conversation there logged on to Capitalk the happy station the number is 0719100404 if you would like to get in touch uh, to weigh in as we talk about a very important issue to you and I uh, the housing delivery update uh, and uh, the question uh, whether a million jobs by 2025 will be achievable and with that uh, I certainly will be doing very little of the talking as the Honourable Minister uh, will be coming in and giving you those much needed answers It's happiness all day long on the happy station Capital 104 FM Harare's Heartbeat the Exchange on Deep Dive. The station is Capitalk 100.4 FM. And as promised, that conversation, a million houses by 2025. What are some of the steps on implementation to arrive at that uh, uh, very important uh, milestone when it comes to housing in Zimbabwe? So now it is my uh, a distinguished honor to welcome uh, the Honorable Minister da- Daniel Gary. He's the Minister of National Housing and Social Amenities. Honorable Minister, a very good evening and a welcome to Capitalk. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. Thank you very much and good evening to you. Good evening, Zimbabwe. 
Now, there's a critical question. Honorable Minister, before we started um, the conversation with you this evening, we were speaking to residents, and they all seem to say we're facing issues around housing and housing delivery. Uh, some were talking about the Harare situation, but we believe it is a, a nationwide issue. What are your sentiments or what is the status of, uh, of housing uh, in, 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 in Zimbabwe at the moment? Thank you very much. Perhaps maybe I need to start by explaining to you what the mandate of the ministry is so that we delve into the intricacies and details of the, of the housing delivery value chain. Our mandate is pretty simple, to facilitate the delivery of housing in a sustainable, affordable, and modern manner. And we also look at the existing infrastructure, housing infrastructure, to deal with the issues related to informal settlements, to deal decisively with the causes of informal settlements. In this instance, these are land barons, to bring, create policies that ensure a smooth implementation of, 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 of the housing delivery value chain. And we, we, we have just done that. And that's what, that's, that is the mandate. And the mandate is a derivative of the, of the vision 2030 that speaks to an upper-middle-income upper economy status by that year. And what is the, what is the contribution from the housing, housing sector? And this is what we are, we, we are working on. Uh, and in the same vein, thank you so much for helping us appreciate your ministry and the mandate of the ministry. Um, but when we talk about social amenities, perhaps you can go a little bit further in that regard as well, Honorable Minister, in just uh, helping our listeners appreciate uh, the issues that also fall under your purview and your mandate as a ministry. Social amenities refer to things like stadiums, clinics, shopping malls, schools, and so on and so forth. Those are the, what we call community centers. Those are short of social amenities, and they fall under our purview. So all those issues uh, certainly uh, will be directed to the right place in your ministry. Now, Honorable Minister, please uh, track us and walk us through some of the achievements uh, that have been made by your ministry uh, since the inception of the Second Republic. You know, in terms of the National Development Strategy 1, there is a, thema- a housing thematic se- sector. And under the housing thematic area, we are expected, or we were expected to deliver 225,000 housing units by 2025 from the inception of the, of the NDS-1. We, the, the delivery program is not confined to government and local authorities alone. It's all-encompassing. We have the private sector, we've got the pension funds, insurance companies, banks, financial institutions, building societies, and many other, other developing companies that are involved, individuals, the diasporians, and everybody else. So our role is to create an environment suitable for the housing delivery value chain to make sense, it, create an environment that ensures that whoever is involved in the housing delivery, be it the, construct, the contractors, the manufacturers, the retailers, the end users, they, they are operating in an environment that is protective, that, is, that creates that understanding that what we are doing is in line with Vision 2030. And this, this is what we are facilitating. And we are working with all these other, with other players. It's not a government alone program. It's, we have got the private sector involved, you have 
and I'm sure you've witnessed where we've been officiating on the commissioning of houses by His Excellency in Harare and many other parts of the country, being being developed by private sector players, by banks, by by real, realtors and many other players, insurance companies and, and so on and so forth. Mm. So so it's a whole of Zimbabwe approach. The diasporans are very much involved in the delivery value chain. So really leaving no place and no one behind. Precisely. If you're just joining us, this is The Exchange on Capitalk 100.4 FM. We're also live on Facebook. Thanks so much for making Capitalk your choice. This evening we are speaking to the Honourable Minister of National Housing and Social Amenities, Honourable Daniel Gary, about the housing delivery update, the state of housing in Zimbabwe, and more importantly, NDS1 and that housing uh, thematic structure that speaks of a million houses by 2030. Um, now, a very important aspect uh, and we, we have a program that we run uh, on on the deep dive honorable minister called the post cabinet briefing where we really look at you know all those issues discussed in uh, you know in, in in the cabinet uh briefing and one of the issues that we've been really tracking with interest is the housing delivery program uh, tell us a little bit about what you know where this is now uh as uh, you did uh, highlight the issue of the 220 uh, housing units by 2025 but how far is the implementation gone give us a little bit of a progress report on uh, the housing delivery program well let me start by giving you a definition of the housing delivery value chain when we talk of housing delivery we are looking at on one hand just the construction and development of roads, waters, or the first services, or the development of a stand. Because other people would want to build their own houses, houses of their own choice, own designs, and so on and so forth. Then we've got others where we will then come in as government or, or private sector, will then build and then sell as built houses. So in terms of the, in terms of the, of the instruction, we, where we're supposed to deliver 225,000 housing units by 2025. That includes developed stands and houses as well, the superstructure. In terms of the stands, we am proud to mention that we've delivered 136,000 stands by 31st May 2023. And we delivered 49,750 fully constructed houses which gives us a, a sum total of 186,000 houses delivered, both stands and houses delivered by, 20, by May this year. Our target was 225,000 housing units, and we are now at 186,000 housing units. What that means is we are way, way ahead of the target, and we then advise government that there is need for us now to revise the target from 225,000 units to 1 million units by 2025, because we believe at the rate at which we are going and the cooperation that we are getting from the private sector will be able to hit the 225,000 target by the end of 2023. That was well deserved. I mean, I'm an all honorable minister, so things are on track in that regard, isn't it? Absolutely, we are on target. Wonderful, and uh, we hope that uh, cabinet then raises it maybe to two million <laughs> at well, this rate. Maybe I may also say we, we then revise the figure by 2025 to one million, mm -hmm. taking cognizance of the new technologies that the, the global are being used in housing delivery chain, new building technologies which ensure that 
within the shortest period of time or in half the time and half the cost you will produce the houses be them single story or or, or, or high-rise buildings i mean you have traveled to dubai you have traveled to egypt it's the building new technologies at play that are being used and zimbabwe cannot be left behind in embracing new technologies in the housing delivery value chain and that's what we are doing mm-hmm. uh, and then the next you know sort of question from that honorable minister would be Will that meet requirements? Will the will the hundred you know the million houses or housing units and the houses delivered, are they going to meet the requirements currently there? I know there's a huge appetite for Zimbabweans who want to own uh, their own houses or build, uh, you know, whichever the case may be. No, as we speak, our backlog stands at 1.5 million, but the demand for housing is a moving target. You will n- there will never be a country under the sun which will then say we have now reached optimum level. We don't have any any backlog. Everybody just click a button and they've got a house. That will not happen. But we are saying we are going to be reaching a level where we will not have an astronom- astronomical backlog. Mm-hmm. So we want to be able to reduce that backlog by. How do we do it? Let's employ the new technologies which the rest of the world is using in housing delivery value chain. If we can deliver 100 blocks of flats within six months, where 100 blocks of flats of each, each flat with 14 units, you'll have reduced by that much. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you then get that program run throughout the country because the president said no place and no one must be left behind. Mm-hmm. So in the housing delivery value chain, we're also very much aware of the need to transform our rural communities so that they've got access to housing, housing with all the facets that are there, clean, clean water for drinking, s- sanitation systems, flushable sanitation systems, renewable energy, and modern houses that are resistant to climate change and so on and so forth. This is what we are doing. I'm very interested to also hear about the sustainable angle and the fact that you've actually thought about, uh, you know, some of those aspects and the environmental uh, angles as well and some of the considerations in the construction going forward. Perhaps tell us a little bit about that. Let me start from the environmental aspect of it. You know, in terms of carbon emissions, the housing sector contributes up to 40% of the carbon emissions because of the cement content that that is there. And we are now saying, let's now move away from the continuous use of so much cement and move to the new technologies, which is steel and other, other, other byproducts. And we then migrate. Obviously, that migration must start from the mindset. People must now learn to understand that there are other forms of houses, housing delivered that does not necessarily require to use cement. So, so that... We, we respond to the environmental issues that are being raised globally in terms of carbon emissions. We also then say, because we are under sanctions and we all are aware of the impact of sanctions on us, we have no access to, to lines of credit in, in the IMF or the World Bank. We have to use our own resources to, to, to build or to develop our country. What is it that we have in Zimbabwe that we can use to ensure that there is smooth housing delivery? And that's what we are doing using our own resources to, to develop our country. We now, very soon, are going to be having steel for the rest of Africa. And new technologies are predominantly based on steel structures. So we, we have local steel, we have local products in terms of asbestos, asbestos 
sheets and so on and so forth. So it used local resources to bust sanctions, local resources to ensure that we deliver housing, just like what is happening in other sectors of the economy. Uh, very, very progressive indeed, Honorable Minister. And I'm uh, hoping that our listeners are also catching on that there is a wave coming uh, that will see us using uh, even better materials that are more environmentally safe. Now, coming back to you, Honorable Minister, let's look at some of the areas that are set to benefit from uh, uh, the overall housing uh, program. Um, you did talk about the units, but perhaps just to revisit that, how many houses are uh, flats or units uh, are to be delivered uh, to provide decent houses? We are migrating from the construction of single-story houses, expansive construction, to vertical construction. Mm -hmm. Vertical construction, most probably, Africa is is the only continent in the world with its empty spaces empty. With the, with, the, with the vertical spaces empty, which needs to be occupied. And Africa is agro-based. Its economy is agro-based, cut across Africa. If we continue building the way we are building right now, expansively, we will have all the houses that we require, as beautiful as they might appear, but we will be net importers of food. And that's what we're trying to avoid. Look, let's now move away from expansive construction to vertical construction so that our vertical spaces are occupied. And Zimbabweans, again, it's a mindset. Zimbabweans must now learn to live on the 60th floor, 60th floor or 100th floor, whatever. <laughs> so, so, and you have got your, your, your sectional title deeds at that level. And this is what, where we are going. That's where the whole world is going. Uh, but do you think, uh, you know, that Zimbabweans can unlearn the having a backyard? I don't wish somebody were in the back and just to know that I've got space in the back of my house. That mindset shift. But yeah, we are aware that land is a, is, is a finite resource. Mm-hmm. We don't have all the land that we need to be all, to be having that small garden of ours. We, we must just, just adjust our mindset to accept that I can be living in floor number 60. But somebody who is in the in the farming area can grow the vegetables for me to go and buy and then have a meal. A very good way to look at it. So <laughs> in exchanging things. All right. And uh, I'm trying to envision myself living on the 65th floor, 60th floor, as the Honorable Minister rightfully says. You mentioned something about um, title to land. Um, you talked about sectional title, in, you know, in that example that you just gave. That issue of title deeds has also been uh, one that many residents have had grievances with, at least in Harare, uh, where they say we have deeds of session that we cannot convert, our CRTs uh, cannot be converted, title deeds are not coming out. Uh, Would you be able to address that aspect or that issue around uh, the resolution of some of those outstanding issues, even as this national housing delivery program uh, unfolds and carries on? In February, March this year, his Excellency launched the title deeds program in Epworth, where I think about 11,500 households were issued with the, with the title deeds. This is a national program. That was only a launch. This is a national program throughout the country where people are going to be issued with title deeds. Informal settlements are being regularized. Once they're regularized, then people will then have access to that land and security of tenure. But the biggest problem we have at the moment is the animal called land baron. The land baron who is selling 
state land or council land to unsuspecting several beneficiaries. And we have now come in there, we've been instructed to come in and deal with animal called land the baron and deal with it decisively. A lot of work has been done by government, by an interministerial task force dealing with these issues. And I can safely advise you that uh, in Harare, we are going to be starting a regularization program in Heathcliff, in Harare South, in in, in, we go to Mashonaland East, there is an, a, a place called Caledonia in Goromonzi. We are going to go into Gimbok in Manikalin until we cover the whole country. We are aware that, you know, out of innocence, I think in, in, in 20, 2005, government invited property developers and individuals who had capacity, financial capacity and technical capacity to come and assist government in the housing delivery. Because the, the backlog was, was the, the list was growing. Mm -hmm. So government said, please come and join us. Government does not have all the requisite resources in terms of finances and, and technical expertise. But the government has got land. And the land is being priced at, at intrinsic cost. These people then came and said, yes, I'm a developer. Ndawuya, Ndinemari, Ndinonzi Gargo and Sun Private Limited. pay try me, test me. Mm -hmm. So government issued land to so many people out of trust. Yeah. Unfortunately, gov the government did not have the mechanism or machinery to be supervising these individual developers. And these people even realized that government is not supervising us. They started parceling out unserviced land to unsuspecting beneficiaries. This, is, this was the creation of the informal settlements. And now we are correcting that. The land still belongs to government. So we are now coming and saying government will come again joining hands with banks and the developers will come and do the first line services roads water sewer and so on and so forth including wi-fi now because it's now a first line service once that is done you only pay for your piece of land if your stand is 200 meters by 200 meters you are only asked to pay for 200 meters of road construction 200 meters of water line 200 meters of sewer line and so on and so forth. That's what you are paying for. And uh, we are talking to banks to revise the mortgage system so that if you're paying, say, $200 as rent, where you are renting, but you've got this, this tent of yours, instead of continuing to rent, you can pay the $200 per month towards procuring your own stand where, you've already, where you are building for an agreed period of time. It could be five years, it could be ten years. At least you are paying two hundred dollars, hundred and fifty, and so on, depending on the areas. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a rent to own or a rent to buy mortgage system. This is something that we are discussing with the financial institutions, and they are warming up to that. All we now need to do is to fine tune it and then sell it to the generality of Zimbabweans, because we have to bring sanity in in the informal settlements. Uh, you, you you raise so many interesting aspects out of that. Um, uh, you know, when you say that uh, th there's got to be that buy-in, and very importantly, uh, where vetting is then done and people coming in, what advice would you give to the you know the Zimbabwean populace listening right now uh, in terms of vetting then or which agreement to get into uh, pending the, 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 the very good it sounds like a very good idea Honorable Minister, I've got to say uh, the rent to buy arrangement in the meantime 
what do they do or if they were burned already vakatototerwa mm-hmm. mari avuita se government iri kuti kune avo vasati vatorerwa mari musatenga land kuma land baronza isi yavo state land or council land musatenga land kuma councillors matsotsi vanongwa chitotengisa vana land council land don't buy from those individuals we have got a, a list of bona fide proper developers that we are working with which includes banks those are the people that we, you can come to our offices and we advise you if the project involves such organizations or such institutions go ahead and buy, and buy. they are legitimate mm-hmm. these we are kind of people where you, you are told my stand which is almost half an acre, 200 square meters, is being sold for $2,000. You must ask questions. How legitimate is this? The person just wants you to part with money and it disappears. And that person can be selling the same stand for several people. And this is what has been happening. Double sales, treble sales, and so on and so forth. And this is where government has now moved in. As Minister of National Housing and Social Amenities, we are working very closely with with the corruption authorities. You know, we've got this Zimbabwe Anti-Corruption Commission, we've got the Special Anti-Corruption Commission, we've got the Police Anti-Corruption Commission, we've got the Zeta Rapids. We are working very closely with those authorities to ensure that we nab the land barons. But the ball starts with the people. As ministry, as government, we cannot go and pick up somebody and, and, and bring him to courts. Because there is no case between that person and government. But if the if the person who is duped the money goes and reports to the police, then you are starting a case. So people are being encouraged to go and report to the police and bring the matter to the the, the matters then brought to courts. Then the land barons will be arrested. As I'm speaking right now, we've got a series we've got so many names of land barons that have been arrested that some of them are saving, some of, some of them have already saved. And, yeah. And I'm proud to say that since we started dealing with land barons, this cage is no longer as as terrible as it used to be four or five years ago. There, there is sun that is slowly creeping in. They are beginning to, to abandon even the pieces of land and go away. Oh, very progressive. Uh, we, we also heard some, you know, some quarters saying that we feel that it's a catch and release system. We feel that land barons are, are simply on remand perpetually and nothing is happening. A comment on that? It's not a catch and release system. The problem is, is it's evidence. Someone can only be prosecuted if there is enough documentation, enough evidence to prosecute. And the, the challenges that we are facing right now is somebody phones us and says there is, I've been duped by Mr. X. Can you please go and report the police? He says, no, I can't go and report the police. Come and, and, and help us. How do we help? They must initiate the process themselves. And also, but the first thing is to stop buying land from these unscrupulous people. Well, you heard the Honorable Minister there very clear. It starts with you, Panoda Complainant. Please take your issues to the police so that they can be uh, prosecution. And then that way, the Ministry of Housing and Social Amenities can come in and assist you, as Honorable uh, Daniel Gary says. He is in the studio as we look and unpack uh, the state of housing in Zimbabwe. Now, Honorable Minister, moving on to another exciting uh, banner that falls under your ministry, Smart City or the Smart City concept. 
concept. Tell us a little bit about what this is for somebody who might be hearing about this for the very first time and then perhaps an update, if any, on the implementation of this world, world, world breaking and uh, revolutionary idea. Smart cities come in, very, in several definitions. You know, uh, uh, where you own a two acre or, or three acre plot and you are, put, you are constructing some, some units there it can become a catered community and it's a smart city mm. with all the services inside, particularly security. But on a much bigger scale, we've looked at Harare. Let's pick Harare as an, for, for instance. Everybody anywhere in the country wants to come and live in Harare. Sure. We grew up in my rural Murewa, saying to us, the moment I finish school, I'm going to look for a job in Harare, go and work in Harare. So uh, there's been massive migration of people from all rural communities to Harare. And Harare is densely populated, it's overpopulated because of that. So to, to reverse that, government has come up with a policy to develop smart cities, which in other, in other jurisdictions they are called dormitory cities. We, we have Melfort, which is about 45 kilometers from Harare which is being developed as a smart city a smart city in the con in the context that it is it will have all the industries there it will have all the residential accommodation there it will have all the social amenities hospitals schools shopping malls everything that you can imagine technical vocational training centers everything within a cycling distance you can actually walk from home to a stadium. You can walk from home to, to a workplace. You can walk from home to a hospital. You can walk from home to, to, to a shopping mall. That is the concept. What we want to do is now to get people from Harare into there and free Harare. So, so is Gweru, so is Blawai, so is all our major cities. So that is the concept of smart cities, but being done in a sustainable and modern way. It, you know, if you go to South Africa... There, there is a city between Pretoria and Jobek. I can't remember the name. That that city is a is a typical example of a smart city. It becomes a, it's a dormitory city, but it's a city which is self-contained. Mm. It can be gated. You can have one way into the city, so that you you can manage the security. Use the, all the, the alternative energy now into solar systems. Run on alternative sources of energy. The, that's what we are doing. So we've identified areas where we want to start the, the project. I mentioned Melfort in a, between Arara and Marondera. I, I, we have also Chirundu border post, which is very strategic economically. Mm -hmm. It links Zimbabwe with the rest of Africa from that direction. We have fig tree, which is in the Keto area in Matibililand. And instead of just waiting for the coal storage commission or coal storage company, we can then develop small meat processing plants in a smart city in fig tree because that's where the cattle, the best of the, our cattle are from that area. So we are looking at that. But bigger than that, the president came with a new city for Harare in Mount Hamden. And again, investors from all over the world have been invited. And as we speak right now, we've got investors from Dubai that are now developing the in, in Mount Hampton where our new parliament is and that's where we're going to be having our government offices there as well so there's a new city but being developed under the smart city concept on a smaller on a smaller scale people like uh, if you live in Greendale or Hatfield 
you are living only on five acres. Of the five acres, your house and all the social amenities within that house are squeezed on half an acre, which means four and a half acres are as good as dead equity. So we are now encouraging people, why don't you subdivide and build cluster homes so that you can earn money from that dead equity land? Instead of bothering your child with whatever he is, you can then make money whilst you are just retiring at home. But the bulk of our parents are in Hatfield, in Waterfalls, in, in Coronation Park, in Green, where the stands are so massive, six acres, and you are only occupying 2,000 square meters. Again, if you develop those cluster, cluster developments, they become in their own right a smart city concept. And just dovetailing from that, Honorable Minister, are we also then going to see a, a new method of even you know, plotting out uh, stands going forward with this smart city concept, with the vertical building concept? So the six-acre stands, the massive stands, I think, of the past. Also, maybe just give us an outlook of what the future looks like in terms of you know, future town planning. The future is vertical. Optimum utilization of land. If we can put up a 10-story building on 100 square meters, why not do it? Why not do it? Do it. Just do it. Honorable <laughs> Minister says <laughs> you're locked on to Capital 100.4 FM having such an insightful and uh, engaging conversation with Honorable uh, Daniel Garrow, the Minister of National Housing and Social Amenities, just unpacking for us what the future looks like, what has been done on the ground, and more importantly, uh, the state of uh, housing delivery here in Zimbabwe. Um, Honorable Minister, let's come back to the issue of informal settlements. What are the steps being taken to regularize them? Uh, I know airport is often given as an example, uh, and I've always I've always wondered whether the Boshawa is also is that a, a proper settlement as well, uh, or, or is it an informal settlement that also needs regularization? Boshawa now qualifies to be called an informal settlement. Mm. Because people were coming from Harare and buying stands illegally from traditional leaders in that area. It's not Dombosho alone. I think you go to Sekes, the same thing. So eventually, under rural transformation, they need to be regularized and they become peri-urban areas. That's what the government is now working on. But I think, you see, that tells you a story which... Zimbabweans, particularly politi- some, some miswired politicians don't want to accept. Zimbabwe is an agro-based economy. The reason why somebody is driving from Harare to go and buy a stand in Domboshaw is because he wants a piece of land to grow something for himself. That's, 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 the, that's the reason. But we are saying we cannot continue doing that. We need to ensure that wherever people are settling themselves or are being settled, we have provided services. But remember, we have got a national vision which informs us or which instructs us to develop this country to an upper middle income economy status. And we cannot, by 2030, say we are now at that level when we have got informal settlements dotted right around the country. It will not work. Mm-hmm. So we must make sure that we regularize all the informal settlements and put a lead to any, any informal settlements that might be right. Being created by those people that are illegally selling land, 
So we, we are very much aware of that. Mm. And it is under the law, it's going to be an offense to sell land because they are a traditional leader. So an amendment to the Traditional Leaders Act, perhaps? Yeah, we will advocate for that. We are going to be advocating for that. For right now, it's, it, it's, not, it's something that we are thinking about. I think we need to put a stop to this. Mm, mm, indeed. And in terms of the actual steps to regularizing, uh, you know, many people wake up with the fear that they will see bulldozers, they will simply be moved. Some have been settled in many areas and, and maybe have attachments to the land. Some have buried people, you know, on those pieces of land. Uh, and then they're asked to move away. Maybe just outline for us, maybe allay any fears in terms of how your ministry will go about the regularization. The regularization ag agenda is being driven by a, a cluster of ministries. We have the Minister of Local Government and Public Works we, being the principal authority on urban state land. We have got the Minister of National, Minister of National Housing and Social Amenities who are the implementing agent ensuring that the services are provided. We have got the Minister of Higher and Tertiary Education, which is responsible, which is an authority on CINSA, Zimbabwe Geospatial Planning and Space Agency, who are coming around and doing aerial mapping to identify how people are settled in those informal settlements. Remember, some of these informal settlements have got layout plans. They were properly planned at that stage. But people then started building even on the way of roads, areas set aside for, for, for social amenities, schools, clinics, hospitals. So, Minister of Higher and Teacher Education will come through Zingsa and do area mapping. Identify those that are legitimate, that are built legitimately in terms of the layout plans. Those will be issued with the title deeds. Those that built illegitimately will be relocated areas that we are going to be identified by, by government so that because we can't have an area which has no road you can't you can't do how do you process the title deeds when there are no roads you need to have a physical address attached to a title deed but if there is no road how do you do that you create one <laughs> <laughs> yes. then we also have the minister of justice who are the authority on the deeds office for the actual issuance of the title deed. So it's a cluster of ministries that are working on uh, on this title deed issue and the regularization program. Mm -hmm. No house is going to be demolished. Well, government is no appetite to do that. In fact, by regularizing, government is actually protecting the citizens that are there from continued abuse by land barons. So they must, they must now sleep knowing fully well that the government is a responsible government, is protecting citizens by regularizing the areas where they are living informally. Uh, Honorable uh, Daniel Garu in the studio uh, here as we talk about the state of housing and we're just looking at regularization of informal settlements. There he says sleep easy. Uh, the issue of regularization will be done uh, properly using geo mapping or aerial mapping and uh, that no one's house will be demolished. Now, Honorable Minister, you spoke a little bit about... Uh, land barons we spoke a little bit also just now about informal settlements uh and some of the nuisances or menaces uh that may have been militating against your mandate uh, have you faced any other threats or challenges in executing your mandate as a ministry well the the only challenge that this country is facing is the impact of sanctions on development 
that that is alive it's affecting everybody the issues of land barons are no longer a threat we are dealing decisively with them so, so we only have one threat the impact of sanctions on Zimbabwe it's affecting the rate at which we are going to be delivering Indeed. And now, Honorable Minister, if you allow me, I'm just going to take a few questions from our listeners that have come in on our WhatsApp platform. The number is 0719 uh, It's not every day that we have the Honorable Minister of uh, National Housing and Social Amenities in the studio, but he is here now. Please do interface with him. I can only take a few questions. We've got just under 10 minutes before we wrap it up in this evening. For all of our listeners joining us on Facebook, please do the same. Uh, and you can see the minister sitting across from me in living voice and color as we have this very important conversation about his important ministry. Um, uh, this one comes in and says, hello and a good evening, Rumbi and the Honorable Minister. Uh, may I ask the minister what citizens should do with churches which are built on state land and recreational spaces? Um, uh, you, uh, the Honorable Minister maybe needs to uh, visit the erstwhile recreational park in Budiriro. Uh, this is Babaniki in Budiriro. And so a question there for you, Honorable Minister. I think he is referring to a specific area which mm-hmm. needs specific attention. Mm-hmm. But uh, churches fall under the social amenities aspect. And the there are areas designated for the construction of churches in all these human settlements. People don't just wake up and start building a church wherever they feel like doing that. It's not, that's, that's not correct. But this is a specific issue referring to a specific area, which I think if we get more details, we'll be able to visit them and see what what's happening and then correct where it can be corrected. Uh, thank you so much. So, Baba Niki, please give us more details there, and I'll be sure to forward them to the Honorable Minister. Uh, this one says, Honorable Minister, if we divide our five acres in Borodil into cluster homes, then Borodil will become a high-density suburb, uh, and also sewage infrastructure will be overwhelmed. We may then have sewage bursts in Borodil with raw uh, sewage flowing, uh, flowing freely, and then they don't seem very happy about that. How do you respond to that? You know, that there might be people who want to leave uh, you know, their they big yards as they are. Your message or response? We must decolonize our minds first. By creating value for your idol land, you are not densifying the area. Not, not at all. The high density and low density definitions that we inherited from the colonial masters refer to the number of people that were living there for whites and the number of people that were living this side of, of development for blacks. We are not in any way increasing the density. We are basically adding value to your property and also solving a problem in terms of housing shortage. Why would you want to have five acres and you are 65 years old, 70 years old and there are the two of you and it's now an emptiness. Kids have gone. They will not come back. They only visit and go. Why don't you create value out of that? And that's what we are encouraging. And that this is w- what is even in the in the UK. The poshest suburbs of the UK are less than two thousand square meters in, te- in area. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, well, there you have it. Honorable Minister responds there. Honorable Garo, this one says, Anz and Dipunzreo kuna minister kuti yaka mira ose in Zimboyedu, Riverside Park, along Amalinda, Nechuru, Anz Panyae regularization. Tirupinda o irma irregular settlements or informal settlements. It's already under that. That's Harare South. They fall under the Harare South banner. So they, they are going to be regularized. 618, I hope you answered there. Let me just take two more, Honorable Minister, and we will let you go. Um, this is a question around issues, uh, construction in wetlands. Um, and they say, how are you dealing with that? Does that also fall under your purview as a ministry, Honorable Minister? Uh, and they say, are there any exceptions to construction on wetlands? Wetlands fall under the Ministry of Environment, Tourism and Environment. Houses fall under us. Building in wetlands is illegal, it's criminal, it's not allowed. It's a, it's a serious offense. The people that had built in wetlands out of ignorance, let me use that, loosely use that term, out of ignorance, are going to be relocated. As I'm speaking to you, government is working on a program to, to build flats in Zivarasekwa, in, uh, in Marondera, where we're going to relocate people that had built in, in the river banks and wetlands. But there are those that are so stubborn that they think if they go rush and build there, the government will come and regularize us. The answer is no, we will not regularize you, we will demolish, because we must preserve our wetlands. Mm indeed so very strong message there on wetlands and nikisi don't build there and then the last one on from minister says residents in kingsdale norton have been abused by a developer who's demolishing their houses please can government intervene here uh, what can you do to protect these people honorable minister the issue of, of that area norton is under the courts as we are aware if the matters before the courts the executive will not interfere in terms of the three arms of government. So we are aware of that, and we, 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 at the end of the day, a solution is going to be found where this uh, we want to establish. What we are trying to establish right now is how the developer ended up having that piece of land. I don't want to get into the details of how we got there, but. Uh, Right now it's before the courts and it's not proper for me to comment on matters that are before the courts. Absolutely. Honorable Minister says that the matter is sub so we will wait and see how, how uh, it, it ends and what resolution the judiciary comes to there. Um, and then very lastly, I know you were saying that people should approach your ministry to get um, uh, checks on maybe people who are trying to sell them land to get credible information. Uh, where do they find your ministry or how can they interface with that particular aspect of your ministry uh, to be able to either take issues up with your ministry, some of these issues in, in or perhaps just to get legitimate in, you know, information on who owns what uh, and whether or not a certain piece of land can be sold. We, we have got several departments in the ministry. We have got the Department of Urban Housing and Social Amenities, which deals with the urban all issues to do with the housing in urban areas. We have got the Department of Rural, rural Housing and, and Social Amenities, which deals with the peri-urban areas and rural communities. We have the Department of housing estates if they come to the ministry or to their offices in the in the in the provinces the or district will be able to to get assistance from the ministry 
Honourable Minister, thank you so much for uh, looking into all those questions raised by our listeners. I'm also just trying to see if I can uh, have a look at our Facebook platform to see if anyone has uh, sent any messages there for your attention as well. But as we wrap up the program, Honourable Minister, I'd invite you to just give us your closing remarks uh, and parting shot to the Zimbabwean uh, people listening, uh, interested in housing, interested in the future. Uh, perhaps wanting to take that big leap and purchase their first uh, their first house, their first stand, uh, and also just to be aware of even if they're building some of those aspects that you're talking about, that we are moving and the trajectory is very bright. Thank you very much. I think it takes two to tango. We want the citizens to work with government, for, for government to be able to assist citizens. Please do not buy land from dubious land sellers whom we call land barons. That's our statement number one is government. Don't buy land from land barons. Sometimes they, they come and wave an offer letter. Check the legitimacy of that offer letter. Maybe it could be a fraudulent document, but the majority of them have got fraudulent documents. And because people are so excited to pay for, for a piece of land, they don't scrutinize the document and they end up being duped. Don't do that. Government Governments throughout the world survive because citizens are working with government. We're encouraging Zimbabweans to join hands with government to develop this country. The president is saying every day, Nika Inovakwa Neve Nevayo. We are the Zimbabweans. We are responsible for the development of this country or the lack of development of this country. We still remain responsible. No visitor will come and develop your home. You have to develop it yourselves. Let's develop our country. And lastly, the president is preaching about peace and peace and peace we are now preparing for elections in 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 august let's be peaceful let's be tolerant let's be respectful of each other that's that's my message uh, thank you so much. That's uh, Honorable uh, Daniel Gary, Honorable Minister Tatenda uh, Nikuyakwa Maitok Studio. Thank you so much for your time and uh, for telling us all these exciting things that are happening within your ministry. And we are looking forward to engaging with you very, very soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a happiness all day long on the happy station. Capital 104 FM. Exchange on Deep Dive.